Before we get started, a disclaimer. We're not mental health professionals. We barely know who we are or what we're doing. If you or someone you know is struggling, we encourage you to check out the links in the description. Thanks for joining us on JKM Fine. Guess who's back? Back again. Ralph is back. And Jackie, obviously. Guess who's back? 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 I just told you. So, what, like, what's going on? We, I guess, okay, so, we, we, this is take two. So, again, we, we've, we've repeated mistakes of the past. We've not learned from the errors we've committed. Um, I didn't protect we myself from st- the CIA. I knew that they were watching us. Um, you know what? We we started talking. We we sl- the problem was that we got caught. We started slandering corporations, and we were talking about the capitalist system. That's right. And how it manipulates and abuses uh, the idea of the perfect physical image. That's right. To to stir up sales, hurting people in the process. Mm-hmm. Because this episode is ostensibly about body image in the modern world, curating spaces online that are f- that are friendly to your body image, that allow you to be friendly to yourself, um, and also the pitfalls of uh, living in an endless social web where all kinds of, you know, dark people are out there trying to give you bad ideas about what you should be doing and how you should be looking and all this kind of stuff. Um, with a special guest, Ralph's girlfriend, Alice. Hello. Um, How's it going? That's my girlfriend, people. She exists. Yep, I'm real. <laughs> it's just me. Yep, okay. I'm real. Now I owe him $50, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we. I think the issue was that when we recorded this last Saturday... The CIA watching us like they always do was like, mm, that's going to really fuck with the TK Maxx uh, bottom line and 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 Mr. TK Maxx. TK Maxx is a discount store anyway, <laughs> so I think that was a bad example. Look, they, they've got as much also, invested called, in making us feel bad about themselves and like they have TJ the solution. TJ in America. I was going to oh, say, sorry, I was like, so. is that a thing? Because we have a TJ Maxx. I wonder if that's related. It's the same. <laughs> yeah, it's T- the well, same company. TJ Maxx and TK Maxx are actually identical twins. <gasps> and instead of one being good and one being evil, they were both evil. So they have ne- they sent their 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 CIA spies out to Australia to corrupt our data to corrupt the data within our computers. This goes all the way to um, the top, the top of the chain stores. The president ordered it himself in his sleep because he was he was having one of those um, night terrors that he gets after he eats too much Burger King <laughs> at four a.m. in the morning. It's McDonald's. <laughs> Both. I d- he eats both, Alice. Are you seriously suggesting that he's never eaten Burger King at 4 a.m.? He is very partial to McDonald's, though. She's right. He is. So he was in the midst of one of his fast food nightmares. And what yeah. happened? Um, and and, and he, saw, he just had these... It, it's sort of... He had these prescient dreams. It almost turns him into like a seer. That's, that's what he... Because back in the day, you had... You know, you, you built a pit. You covered it with, with branches... And then you lit some kind of psychoactive plant and you breathed in the fumes and you were the, the tribe's 
you know, um, medicine man, and you would have visions. What did the Vikings call and it? And then the you would Volkun? use those visions. Yeah, I think yeah. every every like indigenous or ancient people had some variant of that practice. It's amazing. Absolutely, and we and we in the modern day have this, and it's Donald Trump binging Burger King double whopper meals at four a.m. in the morning. That's right. And then going to sleep, and the cheese giving him night terrors. <laughs> In which he has prescient dreams about people who are coming to attack the beauty industry. A good side effect of this <laughs> is posting as well. And Donald Trump is somebody who has a vested interest in uh, beauty pageants and beauty in general. I mean, look at the this guy. This is true. Look at him. He does. So, um, yeah, we got to listen to him. If you want to be a good poster like Donald Trump, you've got to suffocate yourself with burning materials. So... Let's get to it, people. It's deeply upsetting that Donald Trump alternates between like blatant liar that gets 150,000 likes for every fucking lie he tells. Like he, he just be posted a tweet saying that the stock market had the biggest rise in like a century or something because like that. Because he injected $1.5 <laughs> trillion dollars into it. And that was just one short growth. It was like blip and then it went back down again. For an hour. Yes. Less yeah. than an hour. But there was no way he was going to allow the states to uh, raise their Medicaid caps for coronavirus. No, that would be well, an not. unreasonable use of resources. So yeah, yeah, yeah. glad we have somebody I mean, so conservative at the helm. It's awesome. Why would, you, why would you relieve every student in America of their student debt when you could just hand, a, you know, $1.5 trillion straight to shareholders? Like... That's, 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 and I think that's the purest distillation of what this, this whole free market conservatism yes, really is. It is. It's like there is li- in the middle of a pandemic, a national crisis, just handing over a trillion dollars to people who already have assets, just without, without consultation, without argument, without bringing it to the Senate, without votes, without, you know, any kind of uh, oversight. It's just what it is. Yet he's declared a state of emergency because it enables funds to flow better. Folks, it's scary out there, but you know me, I'm an optimist. And I gotta say, I was starting to worry that maybe the conditions that we live under in America here weren't bad enough for a real revolution to occur. But here's our silver well, I think lining. now is the time. That's right, yeah. absolutely. That's That's it. We are entering a point where we don't have a choice and that's good news and terrible horrible terrifying news it's always the way it's like it takes it takes like worldwide crises for rich people to go oh yeah i guess we'll let the poor have a little bit of money this time right isn't that just an argument to just drag them into the street not that i'm advocating for violence i just mean never drag rich people out of their homes into the street and leave them there Gently. If something should happen between that point and the vultures picking their bones clean, that's just coincidence that I'm not asking for. Or encouraging, yes. Not at all. Or encouraging. We're not that kind of podcast. And also, please don't go into little huts and breathe smoke to improve your posting or see things. I made a joke (laughs) about that earlier, but it's probably not a good idea. So, Jackie, what do we, what do, what, you, you kicked it off so well last time. I know. Please kick it off again. <laughs> I had great rants, too. You had good jokes. Alice gave the best answers. Fucking. You were so angry last time. I was. Yeah. It was, 
it, it was an anger I'd never seen before. But what what had just happened? I think that Bernie um, um, lost Biden had, a lot to Biden. Um, Biden had started steamrolling because the whole fucking establishment had rallied behind him. And I had gone on a detox to win. because I couldn't be on social media in the state I was in because I just didn't have anything good to say. And reading the news yeah. just made me more upset. Um so when I came back, I think that was a lot of pent up stuff that I hadn't been expressing that kind of like bounced out at you guys. So it was awesome. It was mm. great. It was a very raw episode last time. Very raw emotionally. It was. Um, unfortunately, also raw in terms in terms of our technical prowess, yes. which is why we fucked it up. And we had to we had to do it again. Fucking CIA. Yeah. yeah, fucking CIA. Well, I wanted to talk today about. Um, Social media and how it affects our mental health, namely um, things like self-harm and um, eating disorders, um, stuff that affects our image, um, dysphoria, stuff like that. And Hmm. Alice, I understand you have some insights on this. Um, You're very active on Insta. What's your handle? Oh, uh, Alice Rose underscore design. I am not a particularly active poster. I just... I'm on there all the time. <laughs> she's she's on Instagram. Yeah. She's not posting on Instagram. Unless she counts stories of my cats. Well, tell us yes. about you, Alice, because this is what it's really about. This is about you. What's going on? Um, well. Don't clam up now. You did so well last time. And now, no. Don't worry uh, about dead air. We can clip What's it. your story? Yeah. What's your story? What is my story? Well, I have... Um, I've had a lot of experiences with mental health issues uh as is what this podcast is about um but mine sort of directly relate to self-esteem and body image and issues with food um and it's about we just sort of wanted to chat about how social media can affect that uh in both negative and positive ways uh because i grew up so i'm a bit younger than you guys i grew up with the whole of the internet um And none of that was filtered or censored in any way. And a lot of negative content can be accessed. Yeah. How did that affect you? So what was, what, what, when, because you've, you've told me that you've had uh, issues. Sorry to broach this myself, but um, you from quite a young age had an eating disorder. And you talked very well about sort of where that came from, what contributed to it, and how being online, like the social circles that you were in, in real life and in an online space, contributed to that sort of positively and also negatively. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it an eating disorder because I was never officially diagnosed. Um, And I've always kind of felt like I don't have the right to call it that, if that makes sense, because I know that there's... A lot of people who have it a hell of a lot worse than I did um, and still do struggle with. But yeah, I... But that's like saying, I don't have the right to call this a gunshot wound because other people have died of gunshots. Like... I get, I guess. I would call it... I don't know. I've always just called it issues with food or maybe, yeah, disordered eating, but not like a... Not eating disorder. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not trying to pigeonhole you at all. Uh, no, no, I'm not yeah. trying to get you to put a specific label and on it's, it. I just, yeah, I just don't feel like... But then me saying that negates it for a lot of other people who have had the same experience as I have. So that's just well, Actually, my... maybe that's a really good place to jump off from because, yeah. because, as I've said a million times here, 
that half the reason that I was inspired to treat my mental illnesses was seeing other people just uh, without self-consciousness reveal the things that they've been through and reveal that these are symptoms of a, of, of a problem regardless of mm. what that problem is, a problem that isn't actually, it doesn't define who you are and it is a part of you that can be treated and changed and, and gotten rid of. To, yeah. to reveal the best you. What did the doctor say to you that was so inspiring last time? You... Oh, he said, uh, I mean, we'll talk about my whole mental health journey in a bit, but um, he said, yeah, you've lived the whole of your adult life not being the true you and not fulfilling your true potential. And he was like, I can't wait to see what that looks like. And that made me feel really inspired. Yeah. It was a really nice thing for him to say. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, let yeah. me jump on here because this is something I'd like listeners to try maybe at home as well. A little exercise, if you will. I have been nursing a theory that a lot of self-harm survivors and um, people with anxiety or depressive disorders as well suffer from a sense of loss, like an existential loss um, that they never grow out of. Um, a sense of excommunication from a tribe at some point in their life. Would you, Alice, say that you have a moment in your life where you felt like you were kicked out of a tribe, like your classmates or your family or a sports team or a, a darts team, like anything, you know? Um, that's an interesting theory. I think I would, I have probably a couple of those moments and whether they were like self-imposed or imposed by other people i think yeah there's been a few um so might as well dive into it my Please. the first t time i ever remember i guess the the moment that this whole thing started the whole thing being my poor mental health um aside from genetics was struggling with my sexuality so now i describe myself as bisexual i that's just what I've come to know myself as. But when I was, I think I was about 11, I saw a picture or a video of, whether it was part of a movie, I can't remember, but it was two girls kissing. And I was like, ooh, that's nice. Uh, and then as it does, everything kind of just hit me at once then. And it was these feelings of shame and embarrassment and oh my god what if I'm what if I'm gay how are my family gonna feel about that how do I feel about that um which of course you know is it's a ridiculous thought because your family should love you no matter what and so should you should love yourself no matter what but you can't help but have those feelings because of the stigma around it um so I just suppress the hell out of that for a very long time uh and that led to yeah just very very poor um self-esteem for example yeah sure. self-esteem and the inability to deal with a lot of emotions that just came from being a teenager because um, you learned to swallow a big one so easily yeah why and not swallow just... the rest <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you really phrased that in the most salacious way. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I'm have a so habit so of I'm doing so that. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so sorry. This is I'm so glad serious. you pointed it out there because I've watched several <laughs> podcasts where that's happened and other people have gone, 
ooh, and then not said anything. And then it just yes! becomes this whole awkward air. And I'm like, why don't you just point it out and make a joke out of it just and be done Just clear with the it? air. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Oh. Look, and this is the message of JK. Look, we've all been there. We've all learned to swallow a big one every now and then. Um, or at girl's the very gotta least, do what a girl's gotta do. <laughs> we've oh had boy. to swallow a or big boy. one. Thank you. Heteronormative <laughs> standards. Again, I am the problem. Listen to this. I've swallowed many big ones. Look, no, no. It's not that you're ignorant. It's just that you choose not to imagine me swallowing a big one. Um, <laughs> I choose gonna, not to imagine that too. I'm going to stop. I'm going to try harder, Ralph. I'm working on it I'm right done, guys. Now. I'm done. Huh. I, isn't it interesting, <laughs> the dynamic between you and me, where I turned that into something that it wasn't. Um, when you, So you made an innocent comment. I made it filthy. And then you blamed yourself for not being <laughs> woke enough <laughs> in this fantasy scenario that I'd created. <laughs> we should have a podcast, man. We've got a good yeah. dynamic going here. <laughs> yeah. So um, how old were you when you first... Um, presented with um, direct self-harm or uh, disordered eating or both sorry uh, I th- I would say I was around maybe 14 when that happened um, a lot of factors led up to it so both my parents suffered with mental health issues I had the whole thing with my sexuality I was bullied in primary school um, I went to a very very small uh school uh both for primary and high school and um never really felt like I fitted in or belonged so that there's you know there's a lot of different factors uh and because of either my genetic predisposition or because of all of those things happening over a period of time I just kind of no longer had the ability to deal correctly with emotions and events that would happen to me so yeah I just bottled it all up and was incredibly anxious incredibly depressed and yeah began self-harming when I was uh 14 or so and it kind of just escalated from there and I found with my eating I would starve for most of the day I would have one meal a day and then that meal that I did eat I would try and purge it uh, successfully or not that is um, incredibly unhealthy and it became it became a way of controlling things it felt like it was the only thing I could control I couldn't control my emotions I couldn't control what was going on around me Uh, so the one thing I could was food and my body and what my body should look like um of course it never made it to what I should look like because that's what body dysmorphia is it never ever makes it to what you think it should look like right like what in your what is in your head is not reality yeah it's yeah it's complete I don't know what the right, right word is it's not um well it's a delusion in a yeah, way yes that's the way. Perfect. Yeah, yeah it is perfect. yeah because it's you seeing a thing with your own two eyes and not believing mm-hmm. that that is or, or b- believing that that doesn't match a fantasy in your head that's that's not feasible or seeing a thing with your own two eyes and not think and thinking it looks con- different to how it actually yeah. looks yeah it's kind of like how people believe in ghosts they see a thing and their brain is like this is real these are the things that happened therefore it must be real and once you believe that that's what you saw and it changes your if you believe something hard enough it changes your perception of 
what it is or was. It's like it's like living in America or Australia and sh- seeing bare empty shelves and being like, this is a look into socialism. This is what socialism has done. I, I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand the thinking behind that. Like, where is that coming from? How does anyone see that and go, yes, this is socialism. Right. Socialism is having enough for everybody. And like, I can't explain it well enough, but it's not that. It's not what's happening now. It's a straw man. It's a straw man. It's allowed them to um, destroy all the advances, not all, but most of the advances that labor has made in America for many, many years. And it looks like abroad as well, too. Yeah. And this, you know, and you are, if you, if you have body dysmorphia, you are strawmanning yourself. <gasps> you are destroying all the advances that you, as a human being, have made towards your own beautification and to your own sense of being. Good and job bringing it back. Zoom has just good. gifted me. We've removed the forty-minute time limit from your group. Thank you, Zoom. I think it classes the fact that you're recording on one device and filming on another as having two extra people there. <laughs> That's really weird. Huh. Oh, well, I'm clued in too on my phone and my... Uh, um. No, it doesn't matter. They've literally just... They've deleted it, so we don't have to worry about it. Thank you, Zoom, because that would have canned itself in a second, <laughs> which would have been great. It was 2 a.m. on a Thursday morning and I really should have gone to bed. I didn't realise at the time I deleted all this audio and now I wish that I was dead. Now that Alice has joined the podcast, she's going to have to have her very own JK I'm Fine press lanyard for whenever you want to be a pretend journalist, you can say... That's amazing. I'm a podcaster. I'm with JK I'm Fine. I I was listening to a podcast the other day where a lady, um, she snuck into a dog grooming convention as press so she could talk about it on her podcast which i thought was amazing i mean we can do it people she's laid the groundwork yeah that's really if you just go in and you say oh i was going to talk about this on my podcast and they go oh oh well you're technically press so come (laughs) on in we've got plenty of spare seats (laughs) and take one right we need to get more guests in, actually. We don't have to like, leave this in, but that's something we need to talk about. I want to get more guests in. We, we have a guest right here. I'm just saying, for future episodes. Yes, yes. More fancy people. Uh, we've got clout. I'm not putting this into the final episode. <laughs> Please don't. I have no clout, so I'm bringing nothing to this. I'm getting more clout by the day because you I are. podcast. Uh, I tweet incessantly. That's good. If you're looking at a graph of his clout, it's like steady up. <laughs> <laughs> it's going straight up what you want is that exponential curve though that's right that sweet sweet exponential curve that's right the only exponential curve is going to be the death rate so <laughs> <laughs> oh beautiful let's not talk about infinite growth anymore beautiful day where all, all right. the old die and their horrible ideas die with them yeah it would be really interesting to see how this affects the election in terms of demographics yeah, I, 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 man, I don't know. I think, I think that the 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 delusion is ingrained too deeply. I think people up until this point have been seeing things with their faces and their eyes and ignoring them anyway. Is that really how people see things? I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> Ralph, sorry. Well, well um, I got to delete that now. That little snarky comment because you can't delete the wrong name. that. Beep. I could just be like, is that how people see things, Ralph? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Corona. Corona! Right. <laughs> 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 oh, 
was going to go with My Corona, but I also like that one oh, as well. I was oh. going for the yeah. tequila song. Tequila. Somebody yeah. asked Weird Al to do it and he refused. Damn, Fair why? enough. We should do it ourselves. He's too gentle a soul. It's too soon. Yeah, to make fun of a, <laughs> of a pandemic. A global pandemic. Yeah. The world does not deserve Weird Al, seriously. Yeah, I feel really bad about making that joke about how I'm walking the streets with a smile on my face because there's a science denying virus, uh, a virus searching for science deniers um, and how it's like the rapture, but a good one. When a lot of people have just been posting in the last couple of days about how like, hey, so I've got asthma and my my mom yeah. is is uh, a progressive and elderly and my dad has diabetes and they're all immunocompromised we're all immunocompromised so please stop your mom is immunocompromised yeah my she mom's immunocompromised so I, yeah I, I, I feel really bad about that joke I, she's actually um she had a test the other day she's actually going to be fine in what sense uh sorry this is doesn't have to go in the podcast at all but um her heart is going fine so she said she's going to be all right oh, for good. coronavirus Oh, nice. Yeah. Because she's got that. a heart. She's got she's got multiple heart issues that are sort of like threatening to shorten her lifespan uh, imminently. Because um, it's running at sixty five percent at the moment, and it was previously at forty. So she's doing good. So it's better. Yeah. Does well, she I've call just found out you, live on air that my mum is going to die. So that's really good. Does she that's call really you good. to give you health updates instead of Ralph? We go out for tea once a week. She sees Alice more frequently than she sees me. And I me. spoke to her this morning as well. That's so fucking adorable. My mother-in-law will also give me the health updates, but everything yeah. falls out of my head. So I'll be like, oh, by the way, <laughs> she had surgery. Her surgery happened and it went all right like a week later. <laughs> bad daughter-in-law. I'm bad. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This is anyway, a delinquent sorry, podcast. Totally we are absolutely fucking terrible, terrible children. We are. Excuse me, I'm a great child. I don't know what you're talking about. She's a great child. She manages her own family and my family more frequently than I manage my own family. My family live across the other side of the world and I talk to them probably more frequently than talks to his own mum. You're the PR wing of that relationship. That's, I, oh my God. Yes, I am 100%. See, I'm the finances. I'm the working yeah, Joe. Yeah, he's the money. I'm um, unemployed, so. <laughs> Same. I've got, Same. I've got a lot on my plate. I've got to rely on Alice to keep the social side of things going. Yeah. You're crushing it, though. Everybody's yeah. got their, their contributions, you know? You're also looking for a job, too, aren't you, Alex? Yeah, I because uh, my visa, I had to um, leave my other job, so I'm searching for something else. You hear that, ADO? She left her job, so there's no reason to deport her. Yes, Australian government, I did what I was told. Everything's fine. Mm. Please don't. Do you have any leads, by the way? Is that going good, the search? Anything you're looking Not really. To? No, that's not true. You've got a you've got a job interview for a job that's almost a sure thing. Five minutes up the road. I don't have a job the interview. Pub. I don't have an interview. Aren't you going to the pub? I dropped my CV and that's what's, it. What's happening oh. with the pub? Aren't you meeting people? No. They said that you were meeting people. No, I dropped my CV and that's it. Wow, people really overstated how 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 good that was looking. Didn't yeah, they? they did. They did to me as well. Anyway, here's our Venmo. You can yeah. <laughs> my my cash app <laughs> website. Please sponsor me to stay in this country. <laughs> Why don't yeah. we all just have running Venmo like uh, mm. GoFundMe plans going? Set up a Patreon. Why don't we all just have socialism? We might if we can get like the kind of content we've been putting out on a regular schedule and people are into it. I would do that, but I don't. And if people want bonus content, like people just chatting shit, set up a Patreon and release that for like five dollars a month or whatever. If you are a top tier subscriber for $50 a month. 
I will give you a personal audio track of me masturbating. For oh, I was going to say you send a nude. <laughs> Uh, 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 it's a cassette sex tape. <laughs> once, a, once a month. once Maybe once a week. I could probably even do it once a day if you really wanted to, depending on the amount of money you were planning on donating. $500 a month. Carrie has left and we are going down <laughs> the toilet. <laughs> That's right, folks. No regrets. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> What you were we talking about before? I was going through my we... questions. I'm sorry. I had just asked about um, self harm. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And... Fucking no, hell. I love this. We have a flow that goes down and deals with dark things in a very clear and raw and beautiful way. And then we bring it back up very smoothly. It is a roller coaster. Um, because if you don't laugh about it, You'll cry. That's right. And that's a point we made last time that I really mm, wanted to touch back on because that is so important to be able to find humor and light in the world. Yeah. I mean, I I joke about it a lot. Like I make, there was um, a sign that came on a delivery at work that said, don't break down. And I pointed to my colleague in the sign and was like, lol, that's me every day. <laughs> like I have to make jokes like that because, because I just, I need... I don't know. I need people to be aware that I have an issue, but I'm dealing with it. We were playing Jackbox Party 4 last night, and Alice wrote that the title of her autobiography would be I Tried and I Failed. Oh my Which, God, to yes. be fair, the that's a good The last time title. we were playing Jackbox as well, one of the prompts was... Let's uh, wait a second. There's aeroplanes passing outside. Oh, we have a train right near our house, an industrial I, train. I, I hear it. I'm very, I'm very acquainted with the train that passes by your house. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys can hear that. That's nuts. No, I love it. I love it. It's it's a, it gives you a very sort of Rust Belt rural feel. It's like, mm, we're it's going to the Midwest. It's very cool. It's very <laughs> cool. But um, the whole house shakes. Like our foundation oh, really? is fucked oh, because of the vibrations. All the houses around here too. Yeah. Capitalism, baby. Keep going. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, we were also playing Jackbox. And the prompt was, what's the sign? You had a sheltered childhood. And my answer was social anxiety. <laughs> Oh, so. that's just made me sad. Right on the money. Beautiful. <laughs> it's true. So it's funny because it's true. That's mm. right. And that's yeah. just how I cope, everyone. <laughs> no, that's what I wanted to say. There are some um, negative ways that um, social media impact our our mental health. But there are some positive ways at first uh, as well. Um, mm-hmm. God, I worded that so weirdly. <laughs> memes. memes. Memes are positive. That's memes what I wanted to say because um, a, lot of, a lot of memes that deal with mental health are directly saying, ha, I've thought about wanting to die before, you know? And they're not popular because everybody thinks it's funny that the meme maker wanted to die. They're popular because they're relatable because so mm-hmm. many of us share that, you know? Which isn't necessarily in and of itself a good thing. No, but it's good to know that there's other people out there. That's why I think anyone who's in a public circle, whether that's YouTube, podcasts, film, TV stars, whatever, I think it's important. By no means, they don't have to, but I think it's important for people to share what they've been through. Because the more you do it, the more normalized it becomes and the more available help is going to be and the easier it is to talk about. And I think also, like, you're seeing a person on the other side of that journey. They've come out the yeah, other side. Exactly. And they've, they, 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 it's a demonstration as well that you're no less human 
having come mm. out the other side. You, and you're, you're not a failure, especially... You've bounced back. But you're not a failure even when you're going through it because it's not your fault and it's not anyone else's fault. It's just a chemical imbalance or, you know, your past experiences have created this inability to cope, but that's not anyone's fault. Well, I think, and part of of the problem, the, the issue, like if sexuality, so other than homosexuality had been a widely talked about and accepted thing in Britain in the, you know, the early 2000s, which it still to this day isn't, even though they've got marriage equality over there ostensibly, the media is incredibly homophobic, incredibly anti-trans. Um, anti-trans especially. Especially anti-trans. Um, Lots of terms You know, uh, and it, like you, we're still under the, the shadow of generations before us who don't talk about or understand those things. Like your parents were quite socially conservative, all things considered, um, when it came to, for example, sexuality. So if that wasn't My the parents? case... My yeah, parents? Yeah. If that wasn't the case, you would not have struggled with it so hard if it had been a, a normalized thing that and you hadn't been ashamed or afraid of being gay because you hadn't thought of it as something other than the normal then it wouldn't have been a problem like but i, I found as well like we come from a family where we we never really used to talk about it and i don't know if that's because you know when you're younger your parents don't think you're old enough or you're ready or it's appropriate to talk about that kind of thing but or, you know, they just didn't really notice that I was struggling. Like, for all intents and purposes, I was a really good kid. I didn't go out. I didn't break any rules. I had nice friends. I put that in quotation marks. Um, to be fair, I think that's a sign of a, of a kid with problems if they've got all those good things going on for themselves. It's a sign that they have social anxiety and are hiding themselves away from everybody. But as a parent, like... That's your dream. Your dream is that your kid is home and not out getting into trouble. But it can be a sign of some other things going on. Um, well, and um, a lot of mental health disorders are um, genetic. There's a genetic mm-hmm. component. Um, so we, of course, don't think about this as kids. But oftentimes our parents are suffering um, the same way that we are. But they're not filled with hormones. So it's hard for them to understand where we're coming from and we haven't suffered adulthood so we don't know where they're coming from and that of course complicates everything Mm. as well yeah that's exactly right like my mum has suffered with depression on and off her entire life she had postnatal depression as well as it hit her other times Uh, my dad has anxiety he has panic attacks Um, but those are things that I didn't find out until I'd left home like they were things that impacted my life. Like my dad wouldn't necessarily come to uh, school events and things like that because there's big crowds and it requires you to see a lot of people, be the center of attention, especially if your kid is performing in something. So that did impact my life, but I didn't understand why. And I think that's part of the problem is when it does start to impact other people's lives and they don't understand what's going on, it can lead to resentment, it can lead to unnecessary hurt, I think. You could, you'd never really, I think, as a parent, understand completely the circumstances that your children are going through because, by definition, they're of a different generation and they're having different 
different experiences that you won't you yourself won't have had and maybe you're on some indeterminate level of um having absorbed the societal norm or the idea of the societal norm so i think in in terms of your parents they certainly adhered to this idea of a specific british idea of what a positive life is and a positive kid is and a positive family is and all this kind of stuff whereas other people chin up shoulders back (laughs) yeah steph off the lip which is ironic given that they themselves were as adults suffering through things that that sort of that's framework doesn't isn't built to to cope with or help deal with like yeah i think as well um it's hard for them to grasp the social media aspect of it so when i was really really struggling i had a tumblr account and i was part of i use the term community in the broad sense of the word um i was part of a group of people online who shared their experiences shall we say of self-harm and eating disorders but it wasn't at all in a positive way it was glorifying it it was romanticizing it it was encouraging it even and you see all these images and it's like you do today you compare yourself with others like you see someone have the perfect life on instagram but you see someone i saw someone back then who was thinner than me and who was losing more weight than me and who had a thigh gap And even when you're at your lowest and even when you are physically harming yourself, even that's not good enough. And that's a really, really dangerous place to be in. And that content isn't filtered. It's not anyone can access it. It can be anywhere. It can be on Instagram. It can be on Tumblr. It can be on Twitter. It's really, really hard to filter through that. Um, and yeah, anyone can access it. And the ages that people can access it are getting younger and younger. So it's no wonder that it's a growing pandemic with our teenagers and young people. Well, and one wonders, even I know that Insta has taken steps to um, monitor uh, certain phrases. And um, yeah, it's gotten better, I think. But when they blur triggering images, that is fantastic to protect people who aren't looking for it but for those who are young and um malleable and Mm -hmm. looking for that sort of darkness because it echoes something in them that blurring isn't going to protect them you know that's the sort of thing where parenting and and therapy has to come in with kids i think Um, i think the only way to protect kids from it is education and help being available yeah well that's it dialogue talking about it bringing it out into the light and helping people sort of understand it and know how to deal with what they're seeing when they see it because if you can't avoid it the only way you can sort of uh build a defense against something like that is to know what to do when you see it it's tricky as well because it often comes under the guise of something else so you have the fitspo movement and the thinspo movement which They glorify it to be something to aspire to and malnourishing your body is never something that anyone should aspire to. And that's, that's essentially what it is. It is starving yourself. It is making yourself sick. It is, it is a mental illness and people can get away with glorifying it online. And that's horrific to me. The glorification is one thing, but that's the hook. What you just mentioned there, the, the hidden um, evil is underneath the guise of self-improvement yes of this is what you're supposed to look like let me show you how it's done you can look like me 
if you're willing to suffer a little bit yeah. right and that's where it comes back around to capitalism because that is reflected in advertising and how people sell products to the beauty industry the health industry the fitness industry it's all sold under self-improvement um but all these women look the same and it's a fake image that's being sold and it's completely unattainable they just want you to try and spend all this money for something that's not going to work because they're fucking models they haven't just picked randos right. off well, the street well not only they collect the most beautiful women they can find but then they also touch the pictures so i mean this isn't even what the most beautiful women in the world look like no you know literally nobody looks like that it it's a fallacy pores are real i'm yes, sorry guys they are that's my movement pores are real i'm not wearing fucking makeup i'm not wearing primer i don't like it on my face pores are real fucking deal with it i don't wear foundation and i haven't worn it in years I do my eyebrows, which are looking really good today, actually. But that's about it. <laughs> I love your whole thing. You're adorable. And While your skin we're here, is gorgeous. your hair is looking fantastic today again, Jackie. Thanks, it guys. Is. I grew it myself. I was talking to Jackie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jackie, yours looks really good too. Oh, I'm a hairstylist, so my hair is kind nice of my compliment thing. It ended up being <laughs> the so worst thing. Your hair looks great as well, but I was just—it's always beautiful. It's a thing that we're complimenting Jackie's hair. You would know this if you'd listened to the podcast, I'm Alice. Sorry. It, it is. Oh, a thing. I look like such a turd. Are you serious? Oh, I'm sorry. I did that to you. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry too. Oh my god. <laughs> I found this cool new trick to make your hair grow longer. Check this out. So Ralph is single in three. Two, one. Your hair will get longer if you slouch because it measures to a different part of your body. See, it's at my belly button here. But if I sit up straight, bottom of the rib cage, that's the best I can do. Genius. Get on a nice slouch, (laughs) nice and long. So improve your hair by destroying your posture. That's (laughs) That's right. Who needs a spine? So let me set a cultural stage for what's going on here, too, because not only do we have the online effect, we've got the at-home effect. um, We've also got some cultural signifiers, like you were talking about, that um, made made this thin-spo thing kind of a zeitgeist in the late 90s to um, mid-2010s, I'd say, even Mm -hmm. like 2013, 2014. This was still ongoing, which coincided with the resurgence of a, a heroin chic, um, especially in um, advertising, um, which coincided with the scene girl movement, mm-hmm. um, who were all supposed to be like very heavily makeup, very and, like, like effortful gaunt. hair and impossibly skinny. Yeah. Um, the thin spo movement itself, which also coincided with scene, which coincided with self harm Tumblr and self harm. Um, I guess other other communities. Yeah. So we had a whole cultural zeitgeist that contributed to this time in your life, this fragile and sensitive time in your life, um, and didn't help. No, it did not. I would also like to point out that um, I was on the pill at the time, which uh, I just PSA. I need people to be aware that it does have major side effects. Um, for some, not for, for some people, everyone, no. But, but you just ha- you have to be really aware that if you are taking it and you are sort of in a dark place, you have to consider that that might be contributing. Because I didn't know, I didn't realize until I came off of it that that was actually contributing as well. 
so yeah it was you know I was a teenager so I was I had shitty hormones everywhere anyway I was pumping more into my body I was seeing all this stuff online yeah the whole thing just kind of blew up and overwhelmed me and uh it was not a fun time did that affect your education at any point did you have to retreat from school or or take a sabbatical or anything no so that's the thing I was um I was a really good student uh perfectionist yes yeah absolutely and there was a level of competition with friends that I'd known my whole life who always managed to do better than me and that also didn't help um but my parents were very keen for me to continue doing something academic which is not what I'm good at (laughs) uh I'm a creative I'm an artist that's what I do that's how I express myself a lot of the time and I think that's how I express myself a lot when I was a teenager and to be told that that's not a viable option for my future uh really sucked (laughs) to be honest I realize it now because I've been there I've got the degree and now I have no job the starving so, artist, right? Yeah. Well, you see, and this is well, this is the thing. I mean, this, that's not always the case. Follow your dreams, everybody. Yes, do that. This is all part of, and to politicize this for a second, not that it's been political at all before, um, but that's all part of the slow sort of downward spiral towards. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Authoritarians and capitalists destroying culture. Um, it's because they, they prioritize money-making and finance and economics and essentially they build this house on quicksand effectively uh, around all of these speculative and fantasy markets. Um, young people grow up aspiring to do creative arts and all this kind of stuff. We go to university to study, you know, uh, uh, what's the opposite of STEM? The humanities, we go to university to study the humanities and then we graduate into a world that's that's absolutely dog shit and not at all willing to patronise any kind of cultural uh, cultural endeavours. And so generation after generation, culture is essentially eradicated from human existence. But it's also the reason why revolutionaries tend to be people more in touch with the arts and that kind of thing, because we've been not just burnt by it, but also open to... Like, this is the thing. I read a tweet today. It was like literally almost every single piece of mainstream entertainment that is released into the world and has been for a century is about compassion, caring for others, supporting people, fighting against the man, um, the corrupting influence of money and all this kind of stuff. It's a Wonderful Life plays every fucking year uh, at Christmas time in America, all around the world. um, Households watch it by the millions. We're living in a society where all of the fiction is built around socialist ideas, and yet people seem to... Like, just enjoy that as, like, escapist fantasy. Let's get back to real life where it's dog-eat-dog. Dog and uh, I guess if you die of coronavirus because you couldn't afford hand sanitizer because someone bought 17,000 bottles of it and doesn't know what to do with it, uh, it's your own fault, I guess. It's also people aren't willing to fund it, but they consume media at an alarming rate. No, like, but- the amount of streaming services, YouTube, like, the amount of content creators out there can't keep up with the demand it's just not possible unless there is more funding more training more people willing to go into it and it needs to become a i was going to say it needs to become a financially viable industry but you have 
the big giants Mm -hmm. who have this money they make these things but then it leaves no room for smaller artists to create their own stuff what we need is a world in which culture your ability to make and enjoy culture isn't dependent on your income whatsoever and this is this this taps into sort of this feeling I have about the lie that capitalism sells to people and it's, and that boomers have completely and utterly swallowed, which is that resources are infinite and that they don't exist because people make them. They exist because capitalism has waved its magic wand and all of a sudden there's food on your table. No, there's farmers out there who are subject to drought, you know, if, if climate change happens. There's... Um, artists who can't bring new ideas to the table if they're not getting paid for it. I work in retail and the worst demographic at this point in time in a country that is drastically stricken by by drought, I think it's like 99% of the country is drought stricken, are boomers because they come in, they can't get the thing they've been used to getting all the time and they flip the fuck out. And the first person they blame is you, the the low-wage service person. Um, they, they, They manufacture a fantasy of their own history where they misremember the price of an item. They're like, it's gone up by 20 bucks since I came in a week ago. You were in five months ago and it's gone up by $4 and you're complaining to me as if I'm ruining your livelihood. Like, it's it's not just uh, a funny thing to talk about that, that people are shit. It's like this whole fucking system has created this false idea of how reality works and how products make them make their way from creators to the people who use them this system relies on us thinking of ourselves as individuals separate from our community rather than part of a community that should work together for greater goals they literally forget how we came from bashing rocks together to making wheels to making civilization you know and that's why you can vote for someone who is going to like literally take the arts department, the federal arts department out of the federal government, just defund it completely, but also be a movie buff at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, and could even run on the promise that he will protect the arts because yeah. he will say whatever he thinks you want to hear, but then he will do the opposite if that's what his donors require. Mm. It's a dirty world. They're dirty birds. I don't like them. Look, we're, this, this, uh, what we're talking about here which is the social influence of, of uh, sort of low self-worth, bad body image, the idea that you need to look like this manufactured image of a human, because that's where it's come down to at the end. It's like they've taken, corporations have taken the last vestige of what it is to be a person, and that is your literal physical being, and airbrushed it into this fantasy and tried to sell it back to you. So now hundreds of thousands of millions of people around the world are feeling like they want to self-harm to the point that they nearly kill themselves because they can't fit this commodified version of what a fucking human being is supposed to look like. Well, and I think it perverts our sense of what beauty is supposed to be. We don't appreciate it for what it is. It becomes competitive. Yeah. For people Mm -hmm. with a particularly perfectionist um, personality, that can be very painful to know... I have these flaws that these women, these pinnacles of human achievement, they must be if they're on billboards and on the cover of magazines, right? This is what I'm up against. And I don't look like that. Mm. I know that if I buckle down and work hard, I could look like that. Just like they say in the gym, right? No pain, no gain. Okay. Um, Throwing up 
sucks. I don't like doing it, but if I want to attain the goal I'm supposed to, right? I work my ass off in school. I get good grades. I get the scholarship, right? I eat a little bit of fat-free food. I puke it up. No pain, no gain. I have to do what I have to do. It becomes a very, it's unhealthy to the max, but I Mm -hmm. mean, that's where the mental illness comes, where you get from point A to point B in your head that way. Yeah, it, um, it all ties into anxiety-related behavior. So it's, um, it's defining your self-worth based on what other people think of you. And the yes. anxiety comes from what will people think of me when they meet me? Are they talking behind my back? Will they uh, treat me any differently based on what I look like or my grades or what I've done in the in the past? But the answer is, um, if they do, fucking get rid of them out of your life because they're not worth having around. Yes! That's one of the first steps, I think, to recovery is acknowledging how people around you can build you up or drag you down and getting rid of the ones that are going to drag you down. And it fucking sucks. Like, cutting friendships off is horrible but you have to understand why you're doing it exactly and you will be you will be better off for it in the long run it's not because they're good people and you're just a dick it's because they're not healthy for you and that's fucking dangerous Yeah, because it's emotionally damaging for you to be around people who make you feel less than um that was actually going to be my next question that's a perfect segue um are there any online groups or people that have the reverse effect that bring you up that you would like to platform a little bit for us real quick yeah absolutely so as everyone knows the last few years the body positive movement has absolutely taken off and yeah so i um i'm considered plus size in most countries crazy um so I am a size 16 UK and Australia, uh, which is a 12 in America. That's crazy. 14 in That's America. That's literally crazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am by no means unhealthy. I am by no means dangerously overweight. Not I am just a regular sized person. Um, so it's been really good to surround myself online with people who look like me and bodies people with bodies who are the same as mine or are different from the usual ones that you're used to seeing and um as well as you know getting rid of toxic people in real life if anyone is encouraging that kind of behavior online unfollow them it's as simple as that it's just a tiny click you click on their face you click on the unfollow button done you never have to see that harmful shit again and it takes a bit of time to sort of curate your space in a way that works for you. Um, but you just have to find those creators, influencers. I hate that word, but <laughs> that's what they are. It's what that, that's their job. And yeah, the emphasis should be on health and doing what's right for your body, but acknowledging that someone with a bit more fat on their bones can still be as healthy as I don't know, yoga with Adrian. Like, you know, (laughs) if you eat a healthy diet and you exercise regularly, that's all you need to do. Like, whether you carry a bit of extra weight doesn't matter. Well, that's the other side of things as well. It's like, 
we as human beings love the idea that there's a very simple solution that everything is uh, that there's a certain way to be and as long as you're being that way you're being you're, you're doing the right thing yes you'll black, be attractive white, good exactly. bad uh. you'll be attractive you'll be healthy you'll live long you'll have a lot of friends etc etc and biology doesn't work that way and nor should it like Biology working that way is the way white supremacists want the world to be. They like that's that's yes. the bound, the basis of all like racist theory that certain types of people are wrong and certain types of people are right or less good and more good. Yeah, well that's uh, eugenics. Yeah. It's you it's eugenics. At its core, it's a eugenic ideology idea to think that there is a certain physicality that is the right physicality. And obviously, there are certain things that are healthier than others. Obviously, eating greens is better than eating processed sugar. That is an objective fact. But that doesn't mean that people who eat processed sugar are inherently less worthy of existence than... Yeah, yeah. or even if they eat it in moderation, etc., etc. This actually is a great segue for a curious cat question that we have been putting off for weeks because it hasn't really just sort of fit in with where we've we've what we've been talking about so i apologize to anon who asked this weeks and weeks ago and probably thinks that we're ignoring them we are not we've had this in the back of our minds for a long time this is just the right time to talk about it so anon asks uh any of you ever deal with an eating disorder or weight issues yes i have both and the online body positivity movement drives me insane It's great in principle, but I feel like it results in my leftist friends judging me and gaslighting me even more. I have diabetes and need to lose some weight to manage it, and all my friends are acting like I've gone into full purge mode when I'm just trying to eat less sugar and drink less booze. Is there ever going to be a healthy medium where I'm allowed to do what my doctor tells me without people shouting at me? Mm. It's a a really, really good question. Um, Because the answer is, I mean you should always follow your doctor's advice because they are trained. That is their job. And from the sounds of it, you know, cutting out sugar, drinking less are all things that objectively everyone should be doing, to be honest, because that is a healthier choice. No one's going to judge you if you don't, but I mean, people shouldn't judge you if you don't, but that's a healthy choice to make and like good on you for doing it. Good on you for doing something about it. But that's not what full purge mode is. And if people think that, then they are just ignorant and they don't quite understand what is going on there. So, I mean, the question was, is there going to be a medium? And I I hate to say I don't think there is, but it's about opening conversations on your end, but also their end and communicating why if you want to share, obviously health is a really personal thing, but if you feel comfortable sharing, just maybe try and explain why and and ask them why they think it's going to be detrimental to you because they might not quite have the right understanding. Well, this is something that I've learned in my time on Twitter is to be able to identify when someone is asking a good faith question and genuinely wants to know the answer and when someone has an opinion and they're engaging you to try and force that opinion at you and they're not going to respond really to anything that you're going to say. So if someone is saying, hey bro, why are you going full purge mode? That's pretty bad. And you explain to them what's actually happening and they don't take that information on board, then that is probably a person that it isn't worth your time Mm -hmm. to try and convince 
because there is a you know most of the people on the internet are people who aren't there to have a conversation to have their minds change they're there to use it as a bludgeon for their own sort of preconceptions and that kind of thing so learning how to discern between the people who are worth your time and will uh, like are willing to be educated and the people who are just there to have an argument is an important thing in any online space i think especially if there's a degree of confrontation that's sort of expected in the interactions yeah Yeah, that's exactly right it's sorry jackie no go ahead i'm sorry um i was just gonna say it's difficult as well because no one should have to give an explanation as to why they are making healthier choices that shouldn't be a thing that you have to argue for yourself but to some extent people need to see context otherwise they're just not going to understand and if you're going to be a part of a community it's just going to be a natural part of the the interaction i feel like i'm seeing a context here and uh, anon maybe i'm filling in some details but hear me out here i feel like what happened between you and your interlocutor was that they took something you said personally as a standard that they should hold for themselves and internalized that and immediately rejected it because they are part of that community that says nobody tells us what to eat or what we should look like, which is a beautiful thing, except when you're taking somebody else's self-improvement goals and using that as a bludgeon against yourself. In a way, a type of self-harm that anxious or depressed people do to ourselves and it Mm. makes it very difficult to communicate with people. So Mm. while it wasn't intended to be a bad faith argument, it ended up being that way. And I would hope that it's not representative of the community at large. But like Alice said, there is no middle ground online. There's no way to sort through people with personality disorders or mental health um, complications. So you you know what you make a really good point there as well which is that obviously these kind of things aren't problem might generally not be meant to be is it accusatory or accusatory accusatory i think accusatory um uh, or 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 you know intended to make you feel bad it's maybe people who generally genuinely want to do the right thing and just don't quite get it so I guess it is worth it is worth taking in in your stride if you can be as compassionate as Jackie is and as patient as Jackie is and understanding understanding that even even people like everything comes from somewhere somewhere we made a point last last time we recorded this about how like the black pill for women is is self-harm and horrible body image issues and the black pill for men is insultum and outward like directing oh, harm outwards that was that such, was such a, a good, good rant we had yes yeah, yeah. so uh, a summary of that is i'm it's so all glad you guys with... remembered that oh my god yeah. <laughs> tell tell the story it, it's it's all to do with advertising i guess and societal expectations ideals. yeah expectations yes um so the magazines always tell you that um women have to look a certain way and eat and exercise every day and be really flexible and be polished and beautiful and wear makeup every day and whatever bullshit they put on you we also need to be very sexual but also very virginal and we also have to be we have to be every standards to everyone yeah yeah um but men's magazines is or you know you look at fucking don draper whatever 
Um, it's all about men having game and being appealing to other people and surrounding themselves with their manly friends and all the women loving them. And, and if you do these things, all these women will, will bow at your feet. And Yeah, and it's, it's all horseshit. And when you me, find but... out that those, like in, in trying to get those things, in trying to attain this vision that has been sold to you, you're never going to achieve it because no. it's a lie. It's and a it's, lie to you. And it's no wonder that typically men suffer from eating disorders do too, but typically women blame themselves and that gets internalized and that turns into self-harm, eating disorders, whatever. Because the lie is that you can change yourself and look this way. And when you try to change yourself and don't look that way, you think the problem is you. So you hurt yourself in doing so. And then by contrast, uh, you know, if people aren't flocking to you as a man, that's their problem. When you're doing all the right things and people aren't coming to you, the problem is with them. Mm -hmm. They've failed you and you're owed this because you were told you were. and, And instead of going, oh, maybe I've just been suckered by a lie here you your first instinct is like i trust these people i trust this advice why is it not working for me oh it's the world the yes. world's the problem women are the problem because because there's always a there's a conspiracy set up to blame women when that doesn't when that inevitably doesn't work for you why is it so much easier to believe that half of the population of the planet is the problem and the evil part rather than advertising or or um any of the other factors that make us feel unfit for the roles that we're we're given or the tropes themselves yeah because men have been told that it's not okay to feel things and to be introspective and understand what the real issue is so it's only natural that if you know you put on that stiff stiff oh my god stiff upper lip and you say oh well the problem's not with me it's easy to blame everybody else. Well, the interesting thing is I didn't really, I wasn't really subjected to a lot of the, your destiny is yours. You go out there and you take what you want and you change the world. And you, I, I wasn't given the Alexander the Great speech, basically, <laughs> when I was growing up as a, as a kid. Um, whereas I think a lot of, a lot of people that have like sort of, cons- I don't want to say conservative fathers, but I think conservative fathers that that ha- have been given a lot of what they have through socialism because they had affordable fucking school and they could buy a house on a on a full-time wage when they were 20 and they they thought that because that was what cap- like the society was telling them that that was that was them building their lives yeah. and now they don't understand that that can't be done anymore I also want to factor in with that the military um because that was such a big career for so many people for both of my grandfathers for my uncle they were all in the military for a while um and that's just not a thing any i mean it's a thing obviously but it's not such an well, we're not we're not coming off the back of a world of a world war exactly. that defined a nation essentially like like well, yours did and still does yeah. like it, it's the, the 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 again the fantasy of of what the war was like and what people were like during the war and what you know what a generation above the current oldest generation did during the war it, it still poisons the 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 mindset of, mm. and the worldview and it's still that attitude as well like you just buckle up and you get on with it and you don't talk about what's happened you don't talk about your trauma you don't talk about potential sexuality or anything like that mm. because that makes you seem less than according to other people i think it was because you had so many people going into the military and coming back 
and and essentially pervading society, working again as school teachers and shop owners and all this kind of stuff, but taking that military mindset that had been drilled into them and then all of a sudden society, that mindset defined the society when they, they were living in. Um, and also people obviously didn't understand how to deal with mental illnesses back, back in those days. But if you've got your dad saying to you as a, as a, as a boy... Now, nah, if you failed, it's your own fucking fault. Take responsibility. Now, nah, if you can't afford a house, it's your own fucking fault. Take responsibility. Um, you're going to go, I'm trying everything I can to get this to work and it's not working. The problem cannot be with me. It's got to be with the world around me. And instead of going, hmm, maybe that's a narrative problem, you, you blame the people. Or maybe pe- that's politics. Or maybe that's politics, which everything yeah. is. You blame the people that are supposed to be giving you what you've been told they should be. It's like, a sense of entitlement. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they're denying you your rightful claim. Well, exactly. Was it Jordan Post- Jordan Peterson who talked about, like, pussy socialism? He oh was going God. to um, make it so that, that young men should be able to have sex with women. That was just a right that they should have. He's absolutely going to die of coronavirus. Oh and I'm going to throw a fucking party when he does. Because that's disgusting. I think he disgusting. said it on Joe Rogan. Oh. Yeah, and even Joe Rogan was like, really? Really, dude? Like, if even Joe Rogan is like, are you, you sure Who that's is Joe Rogan? Because I've heard so many people talk about this recently. I don't. Who is he? He's, he's an MMA guy. He was the host of Fear Factor, I guess. And he started a podcast where he just brought on, like, all kinds of guests and... The majority of his guests leaned towards the, um, I'd say, the skeptic right, the uh, intellectual dark web types, um, Jordan Peterson, um, Alex Jones. I don't know if I'd file him with those guys, but Charlie Kirk and uh, Ben Shapiro, all those people whose names I shouldn't even utter. Yeah, but I mean, so he got himself ingratiated on the YouTube crowd that likes to listen to men talk about um, how much feminists suck and shit like gotcha. that. Okay. But the, the, yeah. I think the real toxic thing about Joe Rogan is that his beliefs, generally speaking, are quite leftist. Like, he endorsed Bernie Sanders for the for the election and all this kind of stuff. I feel like they have drifted leftwards, and now he's claiming that he's always been that oh, way. But, okay. I mean, you listened to him a couple of years ago. He was obviously very comfortable with some pretty fashy ideas gotcha. and i'm happy that he's evolving as a person because i had an evolution mm-hmm. like that of myself where i went from pretty ignorant to progressively more woke yeah. over time so welcome to the movement joe but uh you're gonna want to delete some of those <laughs> <laughs> but he he like he he famously has a lot of different people with a lot of different ideas. He does not tend to have a lot of editorial standards when it comes to the kind of people and the kind of ideas that he has on his show. So people on the right use use him as a tool and say, look, Joe Rogan's very open and he endorsed Bernie Sanders. Why can't you be like this? Our ideas aren't so bad. It's not white supremacists, uh, white supremacism. It's not uh, sexism. It's just the way of the world, you know. Toxic because it's, that kind of those yeah. beliefs that kind of just creep in ever so slightly and they take hold and they drag people back with them mm. like a creepy hand from a horror movie <laughs> like what was the the, the thing was the, it's it got the thing Adam's yeah, yeah, yeah. or thing I should say. yeah yes yeah. disembodied the next topic i really oh. have to pee i'm so sorry there is, there is no next topic we, we we've ripped it <laughs> we did fantastic yeah 
I'm almost thinking we should rehearse our shows from now on because I felt like that's smooth. That I really totally went well. I totally haven't talked about the fact that I'm fine. I'm in therapy. I haven't talked about that at all. <laughs> okay. Pee break. Pee break and we'll come Sorry. talk about it. Okay. Pee- Maybe we can do a wrap up. No, we can do a positive wrap up. No, give me a pee break because um, then it'll give me a chance to put something in there. We'll, we'll go to a word from our sponsors and then we'll come back from the pee break. And now, a word from our sponsors. You guys, it is so surreal to be sick with all this like coronavirus stuff going on. Because I've just got I've just got like a little head cold. And I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a little baby about being sick. So if I had something serious, like everyone would know. But. I was like sniffling all last night and like sneezing loads and I had a coughing fit in the middle of the night and I was like, yes. "Oh my god, I'm dying." <laughs> but I'm fine. I think I gave it to you over the webcam last weekend. That's probably what happened because I have the exact same thing. Do you hear something? A baby? A baby. Oh, my God. I hear it. Oh, no. That's just the ghost of the baby that was killed by its mother in this house. Oh. Yeah. The baby in the bathtub. Please don't say that. Yeah. That's horrible. No, no, no. It's okay. It's all right. I hear her crying every I've now and then. I've never heard a baby ever before. I've never heard her in the daytime. It usually happens about like one, two o'clock in the morning. Hold on, is this a serious phenomenon you cope with? No. Don't fuck with me, I'm too gullible! (laughs) (laughs) You really have me going, dude. I was like, that's the worst kind of ghost, that sucks! I like it that you call it a phenomenon. Is this a serious phenomenon that you deal with? (laughs) Which is effectively like the really nice way of being like, do you you genuinely (laughs) hear these voices? Oh, tech no, like, always. Never I've never heard this baby before. Where yeah. does it come from? I think it's coming from the back. The neighbors behind us. We have fight six neighbors that back onto our property, so it's very confusing. Well, can they hear you crying? <laughs> I, like, I in the, at one or two o'clock in the morning, I cry yeah. to myself. I'm sorry. It's cool when men cry. I'm not shaming men who cry. I like. No, but it's just funny. A grown man sounding like a baby when he cries. Um, So we were going to wrap this episode up on a positive note, which was uh, the 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 end of this. Well, the 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 not the end, but the present day. The present day part of the situation. Hmm. Yes. Um. So yeah, after that really shitty time, I found somebody who. Uh, was a girl and who was also bisexual and she helped me sort of come to terms with what was going on and we dated for a bit but it was um we were both very mentally ill so it was not a it was not a good match um but a stepping stone relationship we're both in recovery now and we have we still talk every now and then and it's all like how are you doing and it's it's very nice like she uh was diagnosed with ocd um and oh, an anxiety disorder so um yeah she has a she has a podcast and an instagram does she called I what is what is her plug your fucking ex-girls podcast Sorry. on my podcast <laughs> fuck you i, I didn't even know that it. you still talk to her oh i do sometimes <laughs> i'm not that sensitive but um yeah so that's just documenting Much. her recovery so it's just it's just <laughs> nice to see it's relevant you can um, plug it you can plug it if i it do want to hear lives. the name of the podcast uh, it's called girl in recovery but it's like i think g-r-r-l oh how original don't be rude sorry i'm just jealous um (laughs) but anyway he's like what's she got that i don't (laughs) boobs ralph (laughs) 
fair point. <laughs> I'll pay that. <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. We keep derailing no, you, Alice. Okay. You're doing so good. Okay, we're talking about the positive way out. You got into therapy. Um, was that an intimidating prospect for you? Oh, it was terrifying. Therapy? Like, I've, I only started this year. Uh, well, last year, 2019. Um, but when you moved to Australia? Basically, yeah, because mm. that, that's a massive life change and it felt like a good a time as any. Um, I wish I'd done it in the UK when it was free, but I did not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to my GP and was like, look, I've had these problems for the best part of a decade. Please help. Like, yeah, it's time. Um, anything get me out of here yeah as I mentioned earlier like he was really happy to help and sort of glad that I made those steps and made it seem really inspiring Um, so I got a referral for a therapist Um, she's a psychologist uh, and I see her every two weeks but last week went so well she was like I won't need to see her for three weeks Um, so yeah and I'm on medication it took me a couple to get where i am but yeah it's going really well i've never seen you in the entire time we've been together so over three years the the, as happy consistently as you are on the current medication the current Mm. medication made a massive difference and the therapy sort of helped as well so yeah it's Um, made a it's made a massive difference and i'm starting to feel like myself again i think and uh, I can socialize a hell of a lot easier than I ever could before. So that's been really nice. It is so torturous to be the PR half of the relationship and have social anxiety. Mm. So this has got to be a huge weight off of you. Yeah, that's awesome. it's, um, I mean, I still have a really long way to go, I think. But it's it's made, just a few months has made a massive difference. So 10 out of 10 would recommend getting help. It's crazy the the short amount of time span that you can feel that positive change kick in isn't it once you really but i think it's once you take that first step that in itself Mm. is the hardest thing to do is to acknowledge that there's a problem and you know what actually maybe i want to fix this um that was that was in itself a really big turning point for me and just knowing that i'm doing something about it i think boosts any effects that yeah are happening yeah if there's any folks out there who are thinking about therapy but are, are scared to get started, um, it is its own reward just for trying it. Even if you don't work with a therapist, going out there and, and having a session and mm-hmm. finding out that it's not what you fear, that that you can make that step could be the start of yeah. your personal renaissance. Even if, because obviously it's expensive in places where free healthcare doesn't exist, so... Even if you can just afford to do a session or two, is still going to be really, really beneficial. And there's uh, websites out there. I think there's one called Better Health, which is an online counselling service. Um, so there, there are options. So I recommend, you know, seeing a professional, getting a diagnosis, getting them to implement some strategies for you. And then if you have to continue that work on your own because you can't afford it, there are options out there for you. I also wanted to mention um, the It Gets Better project, um, which is a nonprofit that has a mission to uplift, empower, and connect LGBTQ youth around the globe. Growing up isn't easy, especially when you are trying to affirm your sexual orientation, and that's what this nonprofit is for. 
So check that's that really out. Good. Like and that. we can plug some of the people, the, the social media influencers that you felt Ooh, were, yes. were uh, effective in, in helping you sort of curate your online space and make it a positive place. Um, just when we uh, when we fill out the description. And yeah, whatnot. we'll just put a few in the description. Yeah. And by no means they're like uh, ones that you have to follow, but they helped me and they uh, it, it's a community. So they often showcase other people's accounts and you just feel it out, you know, find what you like looking at. Someone who shares your passions is obviously a good place to start. Um, yeah, it takes a little while, but it's worth the minimal amount of effort to be honest that it takes but yeah awesome yeah um alice do you have any projects in the pipeline any art stuff that you're excited about coming up i'm actually going to be opening my etsy shop at some point um oh don't know when that's happening though that. <laughs> um, um so i'll tweet about it and space. then you guys can retweet it and you can also on twitter your at is it's at alice rose with two e's underscore normal alice rose was taken so i had to so wait can you spell that out alice rose e underscore yes okay it's terrible and it's alice rose underscore design for instagram instagram and it's at scarlet dot scarlet with two t's dot calico for our cats yeah very wholesome content on that page (laughs) worth they are beautiful Ralph, do you have any projects in the works you're excited I about? I might be doing a couple of plays actually coming up uh, in my hometown, but that's that's about it. Um, nothing that anyone here is going to be able to see. Um, but, 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 oh, I do have another podcast. It's called it's called The Penny Peep Show. Why are you looking at me oh, like yeah. I haven't been recording for this for three to four years? It's a radio play <laughs> podcast. I've got it on my I've got it on my Twitter. It's but but but. But where um, so the, the the latest season is set in Australia because the guy I uh, who writes it is an Australian living in London, so that's how I sort of I met him, um, and it's my job as an actor, so I get to do some of the thing that I actually sort of you know wanted to do with my life before coronavirus hit and everything turned into the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Um, but I'm also writing the music for this one, so love it or hate it, you get to hear some of my musical talent. Talent. We're in fucking Mad Max world, yes. and Ralph's like, I used to be an actor. I used to be an actor. I dreamed of it. I and actually got the my... stocks fell, stonks went down. <laughs> Seriously though, I've only seen a little or heard a little bit, but Penny Peep Show is hilarious. It is it's awesome. very, very good. The new series is very enjoyable. I enjoy it as well. And you can find me, um, JK Jackie, on Psychic Dolphin Garage. So I'm going to be in the garage with the boys. Um, Tune in, check them out. And this is the part where you finally drop the links to your music. Do it, do it, do it. Someday. They actually don't even exist. They don't exist. Someday. There is a band camp out there with an EP that a a band that you were in has released. It's somewhere. I know it and I will find it. I know, but it's my ex-boyfriend's band. Oh, okay. It's all... (laughs) Bad juju. If you listen to it backwards, you can hear a baby crying. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually just me. Oh, 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 I thought that you were playing your music and uh, backwards and yeah, okay. You got me going there, Jackie. Thank you for declaring that. <laughs> we just want to make you think. It's a really cerebral project. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, I also got my Twitter handle wrong. Oh, oh, here. It's underscore Alice Rose with two E's. I don't even know my own Twitter name. I'm well. so sorry. No, that's okay. I had to think for a second too. 
It's best that you spend as little time on Twitter as possible. Yeah, I took a a big old break from it. Like, I didn't log on for a couple of months, but I'm back. Oh. I'm back. (laughs) Well, it means you like more of my posts. Welcome back. Like, 1% of my posts. Yeah. yeah. Extra (laughs) likes for Ralph. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen. We've been here, you've been there, and we've all had a great time. I can only assume I'm projecting my positive outcome onto you. Um, Always. That's good. I live for this. So, um, say we'll be back probably. No, I don't want to say when we're going to be back because we know how that goes. We were supposed to be back on Thursday and we weren't. Um, We will be back uh, pending no technical difficulties at some point in the near future. (laughs) That's the best I can do. We don't live on your schedule. No. No. No, we love you guys. Thank you for listening and hanging with us through this weird time in our lives. Thank you for having me as well. It has been a pleasure. It's been an Alice, accident. it was amazing meeting you oh, for yeah, the second thanks. time now. <laughs> yeah. You made it sound so run. genuine, though. Like You could have run <laughs> with that for the first time if you wanted I to. I could not have meant it more. It was a lovely time. Looking forward to seeing you again on the pod. Thank you. I would love to be back. And until next time... Stay quarantined, ladies and gentlemen.